0: Welcome to another edition of Independent Schools of St. Louis podcasts. We are so delighted to be joined today by three uh, parents who all have children in uh, different schools who are members of Independent Schools of St. Louis. And we're going to chat today with them a little bit about their perspective of independent schools, what it's like to have a child there, what it's like to be involved in the life of an independent school. So welcome to everyone. Uh, As we get underway, why don't we go around and uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, Jamie, we'll start with you.
1: Sure. Um, I'm Jamie Davidson. I have two daughters. One is in fourth or fifth grade and one is in eighth grade. And we are actually, we've been to three different independent schools throughout our um, education in St. Louis, and we have loved each and every one of them. So we started out with Miriam School. um, And then my kids were at Rowan Woods School for a large portion of time. And then when my oldest daughter graduated, now she's at Whitfield School.
0: Wonderful, thank you. And Kate.
2: Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Kate Walter. Um, I have three kids. They are in fifth grade, third grade, and junior kindergarten. Um, we're currently at Rossman School, um, but we have a little bit of a unique perspective because we transferred into Rossman School last year when my daughter was in fourth grade and my son was in second. Um, so we're, we're transfer students and independent schools are something that I have been um, spending many hours thinking about and researching over the last couple of years and I enjoy talking about them. So I'm glad to be here.
0: Wonderful. Adia, uh, tell us about yourself. Hi,
2: I'm Adia Wingfield. My daughters are Johari
3: and Jada. They are in the fourth and second grade, respectively, at the Forsyth School.
0: Wonderful. Well, why don't we start off today, um, and Kate, you alluded to this a moment ago, but tell us a little bit about... Uh, What factors went into your decisions to choose independent schools uh, as a path for you and your family? And and what was that search process like for you? Um, So Kate, why don't you start us off?
2: Sure. So um, my kids all started uh, when they were little at a a Montessori school that's close to our home. Uh, And they, you know, it was a warm and safe environment where they did a lot of learning and made some lifelong friends. When my oldest um, had been there for about four years, um, it just I just felt that maybe she could use a change. Um, so I was looking around a little bit and I came across a small um, private school near our home that took a project-based approach or a Reggio Emilia um, approach and spent a lot of time outside. And we found that intriguing and sort of took a, a leap of faith, which we thought would be just for the pre-kinderg- pre-kindergarten or junior kindergarten year. Um, but her learning, her experience there, um, went from good to amazing. Um, and we, um, just saw her being engaged as a whole person and challenged, um, with no ceilings on, um, the things that she and her friends could do or learn. And just, um, she just had a magical experience. So we decided to keep her there for kindergarten too, um, when she aged out, Um, She moved to um, the public school that we're zoned to. And actually when we bought our home, um, that was one of the reasons why we bought this home was because um, it's a great school. Um, And it was very good uh, when she moved there for first grade, you know, she had a lot of dedicated teachers and administrators and she was doing well and had good friends who are still our good friends. Um, But I think that I just, had a feeling in in my gut that for us personally i felt that something different or something more was possible um and so i embarked on what i reflect back on now is my tour day private schools of st louis and so when she was in second grade i visited you know, at least half a dozen of the independent schools. And I went to open houses and I went on tours and I talked to teachers and parents and I went back to visit again. I, you know, I'm a, a pretty, um, you know, research and detail oriented person. So I wanted to be thorough. Um, I was, you know, it was hard to put my finger exactly on what I was looking for or what the factors truly were. Um, but I think, um, what I would say is that I was looking to be inspired. I was looking to um, help her rekindle that love of learning. Um, I was looking for somewhere that had the resources to give her a little more personalized or individualized attention, you know, to challenge her where she needed it and to support her when where she needed it. Um, and, you know, just to look at all the different unique schools and what might be the best fit for us. So, and cost of course is also a factor. You know, it, there's a difference between, you know, c- could we afford it versus should we do it? And so, you know, I did all of that. And then um, I actually, you know, we didn't go forward that year with moving to an an independent school, but um, a year later, I, I did some of that same research again. And at that point really was ready to commit and uh, send the kids to Rossman. So the rest is history.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Adia, tell us about, you know, what what influenced your decision with your family and and kind of your journey that took you all to independent schools?
3: Sure. Well, it was sort of a similar process. My kids had been in preschool and my oldest daughter had done her first year of kindergarten at the local public school that we were zoned for. And similarly, we uh, chose the neighborhood that we lived in because of the reputation that the public school had. Um, The main challenge for me, though, was that my older daughter is very shy and she's very soft-spoken. And I felt that in the larger size class that she was placed in for kindergarten, which was standard for the class sizes at the school, I had a lot of concerns about her kind of falling through the cracks and not being able to get the kind of personal attention that I wanted her to receive and to make sure that she was getting the type of attention that I expected would help her to thrive and really grow into a person who could be shy but could also stand up for herself and speak up when she needed help and to ask for the attention and support that she needs in certain times. Uh, Around that time, we were also considering a different option for my younger daughter, who was then in preschool. And we started, uh, we actually got a very strong recommendation for Forsyth from another parent who was at the preschool and went over there with the initial intention of that being um, uh, the, I think a one-year stopgap for my youngest daughter's preschool. Um, But started thinking about it being a much better place for both of our kids given some of the concerns that I had about my older daughter um, in her kindergarten class. So (laughs) I think the selling point was we went on the tour, they mentioned um, on the tour that in second grade the kids do a unit on bioengineering and actually make a knee brace which (laughs) uh, was not part of my own experience in second grade or any part of my (laughs) primary school education. But we were really impressed by that level of ambition, the culture of the school, the focus on making sure that kids do have a level of personal attention that I was really looking for, particularly for my older daughter, but also the commitment and focus that teachers are able to offer in a smaller school environment. And that really was what did the trick for us.
0: Wonderful, thanks. And Jamie, what about you? Now you've had experience at three very different schools. So tell us about, about your journey.
1: Yeah, so we've actually, um, my kids have been in independent schools since after preschool, um, and we started out down that path because my oldest has some special needs, and so at that time, um, Miriam School, which can offer therapy, um, was uh, the best fit for us, and then once we kind of got into independent schools, we fell in love with that small class size and how well the instructors and the administrators and everyone in the building knew their kids. And so when it was time for my daughter to transition out into a a typical classroom, it was also time for my younger daughter to go to kindergarten. And so as we were looking at our options, we were like, these independent schools, they just fit both of my child's need, my kids' needs because they're very different learners, very different needs. But we're like this small class size and that individualized um, education and attention that they can get is going to be perfect for both of them. So and it has been. Um, we've been really really pleased with the way that the and this has been true at all three of the independent schools that I've been at. They know my kids. They know them very well. They know what makes them tick. They know when they need that nudge in a certain direction, um, when they need to contact me and say, hey, we need to celebrate this success or we need some support in this area. Um, I've found that that partnership between parents and teachers and administrators is just really wonderful. So we kind of came at it from a different side. We have not experienced public school in the area, but. But we've just loved our experiences at the independent schools. Great.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Well, so you all have certainly referenced um, a lot of this, but can can you speak in any more just about what the experience has like, has been like for your students and, and for you as parents? Um, you know, what kind of both in the day to day and even in the long view, um, what What is that experience like? How does your child feel at the end of the day when they come home? Um, You know, what what do you expect your student to have received as a result of this education when they get to the end, whether it's out of elementary school or out of high school? Anyone like to uh, start off there?
1: My kids love school, which I think is a lot of what um, you find at independent schools, you find, I think you have families who really value education and are willing to, um, to really take a commitment and put their. You know, we all have choices about where we're going to spend our budget, and to uh, make that choice for independent schools, which is a big sacrifice for a lot of families. You kind of get this concentration of families who really value education, and the teachers and the staff at the at the independent schools value that education as well. And so, my kids love learning. They're excited to go to school. They're excited to come home and tell me about all of the things that they do. Um, and we've, like I said before that, that personalized attention that you get at the independent schools has been my favorite thing that everyone knows my kid and they know her and her name and what her, how she dresses and what her favorite toys are. And, you know, they just, they know her and so they can support her and celebrate her and encourage her and push her where she needs to be pushed for both of my kiddos.
2: I think that was one of the biggest things that really struck me early last year when we had just moved um, to our independent school and we, you know, it was time for the first um, parent-teacher conferences, um, just listening to my, my third grade son's um, teachers talk about him. Um, I just felt like, oh, my gosh, they see him, you know, like they see all of his positive, you know, qualities and all of his strengths. And um, but also, you know, where could he use some extra support and just taking a really positive, constructive approach to where he could use some some extra support Um, but it just made my heart sing to like, to hear them talk about my kid in a way that just made it so clear that they, they, they saw him and they knew him. Um, And, you know, from the kid's perspective, you know, it's, it's always hard to get information out of kids about, you know, school and what they're doing and what they're working on and learning. But, you know, I think one of the biggest data points is, you know, they're happy when they get out of the car in the morning and they're happy when they get in the car in the afternoon and like, you know, I think that, that says a lot.
3: Yeah, I would third, I guess, uh, most of that. I, in My experience, um, just having had the year at the public school, we didn't notice so much of a difference in terms of the value of education or being around people who valued education or supported education so much. I think the difference for us has come just in the opportunities and availabilities that are there for teachers when your class sizes are smaller and when you have 12 kids in a class versus 26 kids in a class that just necessarily means that there are ways to get to know students better and there are ways to spend more one-on-one and personal time with students. And since for us, that's what we were really looking for and what we were really driven by, we've definitely noticed that difference in our daughters being able to have that more personal time with uh, with their teachers and in some ways with their friends also, with their, their peers in ways that have led to a lot of the same outcomes, that we definitely have the sense that the teachers and the staff are able to get to know them better and to spend more time with them just because there are fewer students in the classroom. And that means that their attention isn't quite as much divided over so many students as it is if there are only uh, a couple, a dozen students that are are there they have to attend to.
2: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. You know, there are some wonderful teachers in our local public school. uh, But the, I mean, the math is the math. If a teacher has 26 or 30 kids, you know, she just or he does, you know, just doesn't, have the, the minutes in the day to spend one on-one you know or in small groups with the kids. And so I, you know it's just a you know a difference in some time resources.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, tell me, and, and again, a couple of you have alluded to this, but what about uh, the relationship that you all have with your students, teachers with, uh, at the high school level? Maybe it's coaches or counselors or advisors. Um, you know, how accessible uh, is the faculty to you as parents? What is that relationship like? And, and also the second part of that question is what opportunities are there for parents to be involved in the life of, of your particular school? Um, and what has what that meant to you all?
3: Well, one of my favorite stories about um interacting with teachers has to do with again my uh, i i shouldn't mention my older the exclusion of my youngest but just <laughs> this is a particularly relevant <laughs> relevant story uh as i mentioned my older daughter is pretty shy and very soft-spoken and she had a situation where she had become really good friends with one student in the class whose mother was also the teacher and she came home one day really upset because the other student was playing with some other kids and she felt very left out and excluded And I said, okay, well, I think you should talk to the teacher about how you're feeling and you should talk to the student about how you're feeling. And I said, if you want, I'll send the teacher a message and I'll let her know that you wanna have this conversation with her tomorrow. And She said, okay. So I sent the teacher a message that afternoon, probably about five-ish, by seven (laughs) o'clock, she replied and she said, listen, we've seen this before, we have a plan. I know exactly what to do. We're gonna have the kids sit down, we'll have a class meeting and we'll talk about this issue. This happens a lot with kids at this age group, but we've got this covered. So I said, okay. So the next day, midday, she emailed me again during lunch and she said, OK, just wanted to touch base with you. We had a meeting with all the kids and we talked about the strategy of making sure that if someone seems to be left out, asking a kid if you can make room for them or if you feel left out, asking if people can make room for you. But that gives the kids language they can use to be part of the group or to, so, to notice if someone else is being left out of the group. So she said, we talked about this as a group. I talked with your daughter privately. I talked with your daughter and the friend together, Uh, but let me know how it goes after pickup when you talk to her this afternoon. So I picked up my daughter that afternoon. I asked her how it went. She said, everything went really well. I played with some different kids. I had a talk with my friend. I feel really good about it. And when I told my husband about this, he said, wait, this just happened yesterday. This is all resolved already. I said, yeah, exactly. (laughs) This all got solved within a 24 hour period. just, And I, I love that story just because I think it illustrates how attentive and receptive those teachers are. And this was one incident with one grade, but I feel that that's very representative of the teachers at the school in particular and their commitment to making sure that they do use, again, the benefit of having smaller class sizes and knowing the kids better to be able to make sure that they can advocate for kids and help the kids when they need it and really give the kids the tools that they need to grow and develop and to work with parents to make that happen.
1: I completely agree with the and I have, we have seen that same scenario play out many times over our years at independent schools where, um, you know, something cropped up. And what I love about your story is that it's not about the academic skills. It's about those social skills and soft skills that are so, so important for life. And we have so much assistance from the independent school teachers and staff in that area. That if something comes up, I can send them an email or call them and say, hey, I need some help on this. Can, you know, and they will help. And then they'll let me know what they did or say, here's the language I used. So if you wanna talk to your kids about it, you know, here's the phrases that we used, here's the recommendations I gave the kids. Um, But like rapid responses to things and lots of assistance in those social skills, which I think kind of goes to that relationship that I have with the school. Um, All three of the schools that we've gone to, I feel that they really, they know my family and they care about my family. They want to support us in every way, in my kids' academics, in their social lives, um, in just every way that you could help a kid grow into the person that you want them to be. Um, They want to assist us with all of that. So uh, it's been a really wonderful relationship with all, you know, the many teachers we've had over the years and the staff that they know my kids, they're responsive when I ask questions. And they want me to be involved in what goes on with our kids at school and at home.
2: And sometimes it feels like they're already two steps ahead. Even when I bring up an issue, like if I say, you know, I've noticed something happening or, you know, is there something that you might suggest? Usually they're two steps ahead and they have thought of different ways to address it um, that I haven't even thought of. And, and I mean, it, it just really feels like they're on it, you know, and like I don't have to worry. I don't have to push or like, you know, advocate or, you know, follow up, you know, many times that, you know, I, I mentioned something once and, and they're on it and, you know, I feel just this great trust of the partnership that we have. That's, that's
0: all incredible stories to hear. Uh, And we hear that echoed uh, throughout uh, all of our, our school's uh, stories. Um, What, what would you say to parents who may be considering sending their students to independent schools? Maybe they're currently in public schools, maybe they're homeschooled, maybe they, um, you know, have really never even considered this option, or really knew much about about independent schools or, or private schools. What, what, both advice would you say, or what what would you give them to think about as they're weighing weighing their options? I found uh, Kate's
3: approach really resonant in terms of looking at a lot of options and doing the research. And uh, circumstances meant that in our case, we weren't quite so deliberate about our choices in ways that I think we we normally are. Um, But I think that it's really uh, advisable for parents to look at a wide array of options and to consider whether or which ones work Best for them and fit their their family best. I'm not originally from St. Louis. I moved here about six years ago. And one thing that I've noticed is that there are a lot of options here (laughs) in terms of education and and school choice. Uh, But I think that if you're a parent in the St. Louis region, that wide array of options means that you have a lot of choices. And I think that that means that it's really a great opportunity for parents to look around and take a, a broad assessment of what those opportunities are and to think about what best suits your particular needs as a family and what best suits your needs for your children.
1: I I agree with that. I would just also add to go and look at the schools, tour them, um, watch their videos, look at their Instagram and Facebook accounts to kind of see the culture of the school um, because they're all a little bit different. They all have a different flavor and focus. They're all giving kids great educations and supporting kids and providing those small class sizes and the support. So you can really just look for the one that Fits your family the best. Where um, I think it's one of those things you kind of know. You you go and you look around and you meet people and you go, yeah, that I I feel comfortable here and I can for I can see my kids in this um, in this environment.
0: Anything you'd like to add, Kate?
1: I mean,
2: I <laughs> I totally agree with everything that Idea and Jamie said. I mean. Um, I think you, you convened a panel of some somewhat like-minded moms. Um, But I would, maybe the only thing that I would add might be that, you know, for me, one thing on my mind was, you know, if I commit these resources to um, uh, elementary or secondary school, you know, how, how might that affect what I have to commit to college? And so, you know, for me, you know, there was a thought process there of, you know, it, researching the value of spending some of those resources now and, you know, how we are setting our children up, um, for success, you know, as adults, you know, when, when my kids go to college, if they go to college, they'll be 18. And I think that a lot of formative years happen, um, in those younger ages and that there's a lot to be said for thinking about
1: spending some of your resources now. I agree completely. We're not there yet. (laughs) I'm hoping that it goes a little slower because we, but, uh, you know, it's only going to be four more years before I'm looking at colleges for my oldest. And I do think that the independent schools are setting our kids up to be very strong people who know what they want, who know how to learn, how to study, how to reach out for help, how to create friendships, um, and be leaders within their schools. And I, I think that that's going to serve our kids really well. Um, it is a big commitment early on, which is very scary, but it, for my family, we're very, very pleased with the choices that we've made.
0: Well, that is a a lovely way to wrap up today. Uh, I cannot thank you all enough for joining us today for this podcast and we look forward to, uh, and wish you well on your journey with all of your students in, in the coming months and years ahead.